0: I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author, philanthropist, Florence Ann Romano, Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, single motherhood by choice and the growing IVF trend. Census figures show that uh, there are over 11 million single-parent families in the United States, the majority of which are headed by single moms. However... Those statistics don't show how many of these women choose to start a family on their own. While the U.S. teen birth rate is falling, the birth rate for women aged 35 and older is rising, and more adult women are becoming single moms by choice through the process of in vitro fertilization, rather than waiting for the right partner to start their families. Child care and village advocate Florence Ann Romano, who has been, begun her own IVF journey to Motherwood, shares with us her mindset, insights, experiences and hopes. She's been featured on over 400 national and local media outlets across the country, ABC, NBC, CBS, Sirius and many more. Welcome to the show, uh, Florence. Nice to have you here again because you have been on the show as I said I think it was a couple of years yeah. ago. So yeah. So this is like a talk about a journey. Okay,
1: 35. Where are you in this journey by the way, right now today? Oh, I- Yeah, I've I've frozen my eggs. I went through two uh, back-to-back egg retrievals, um, and uh, it was quite the journey to do it. You have to go through IVF. You have to plump up those ovaries and get as many eggs as you can from those follicles, and and, uh, I actually went to a clinic in Colorado um, for my treatment, and so I would spend almost uh, two weeks at a time out there um, before preparing for the procedure to be done. So I have um, 21 eggs that are frozen that are not fertilized uh, in case I do get married one day or in case I uh, need uh, an extra stash of eggs to use for some reason. And then I also have four embryos that were created via sperm donor two are girls and two are boys. Um, And so now um, I'm taking a little break and giving my body a little break um, to consider whether or not I would like to have a baby um, on my own. Um, And so if I were to do that, I would be using one of those four embryos that I have frozen, and I would go through the IVF process again.
0: So how do you choose a sperm donor? I mean, do you sit down with a book and pick him out, uh, like in terms of—
1: It isn't that I know it's the craziest thing people are constantly asking me how I did it and the truth is I uh, it was probably easier than people think um, I I was able to look at a lot of different profiles, see what they looked like when they were young kids and you can't see what they look like as an adult but then I got to hear voice recordings of the sperm donors and read all sorts of essays, their whole medical history, how they did in school, their grades, what they're interested in, their value system um, I, was, I was laughing with my friends about it and I was like this is better than dating, you know I feel like I have all this information at my fingertips and um, you know it, it's a funny process because you feel like you read some of these profiles you're like I wouldn't go on a date with this guy but I'm going to have a baby with this guy So you you know it, it, it's an interesting fun very curious very mysterious process I think in a lot of the ways um, but I was able to settle on a sperm donor very quickly actually um, and I was very impressed with at least what I could read and hear of him um, And it was, so it was what were was really inval- you
0: because what were your top like everybody's going to have different priorities somebody you know looks and tells Success, you know, all kinds of things, ethnicity, uh, religion. Can you name like your top five? What were the, or your, yeah, top five? What were your top five priorities?
1: Top five had to be the, the value system. So that meaning that I wanted them to have some sort of spiritual side to them, that I wanted to know that family was important to them. Um, that education was important to them. Uh, And then I went on to look at how they did in school and what their medical history was, too. I wanted, you know, to make sure it was someone healthy. Um, But then the essays that I wrote, uh, or that I wrote that he wrote, um, they talked a lot about why he did this as a sperm donor. Um, And I thought his answer was was really fabulous. Uh, He's a a lawyer, and he said he does a lot of family law. And he said through his time doing it, he would look at all of these different families and their different struggles and learn a lot about what it took for them to become parents and felt that, that was, it was such a monumental uh, struggle or challenge in life to sometimes be able to get to that point and felt that he could give back in a way and make it possible for families or you know, women to be able to have a child if they were to struggle. So I liked that answer as to why he did it. Um, but those things all aligned. And I think knowing that they did was important to me. The physicality part of it, yes, I wanted him to be above a certain height. I did want him to have a certain background in terms of ethnicity. And that does narrow your choices. When you start putting in those parameters, you know, you start going from a pool of like 600 people to a pool of, you know, six once you start putting in what it is that you want. So you have to start adjusting here and there. Um, But it it certainly, um, it was easier than I thought to be able to come to a conclusion.
0: Florence, what is the legality of all this? Like you're choosing him, then what happens? Do you have a choice like he at some point could, uh, you know, meet um, th- your child, or is, do they have any legal rights, or not, or do you have to sign off? Or, or different states, different statutes in different states. How does that work?
1: No, they don't have any any legal rights to to the to the child at all. Um, the only thing that is possible is that when the child, the potential child, were to turn eighteen, they could look up that um, the. the the child would have the chance to find the sperm donor and at that time he would be contacted and if you wanted and was open to meeting him or her uh, they would have they would have that opportunity to do that
0: so your support system now because like you have everything in place you have the two you have the embryos two boys two girls but have your um, have you changed in any way now that you've gone through the process and and I think IVF is not so Easy to do. I mean, physically, as you said, you need time to now relax, sit back. That's the physical part. But what about the mental part? I mean, has has, has it, it changed? Has your feelings was, toward yeah? Right. It was
1: more. It was it was more challenging, I think, uh, mentally than I thought it would be. I didn't ever expect to be as mentally drained as I was. Uh, from it, and you know, you're on so many hormones. So you think to yourself, you know, oh, you know, I think I feel fine. I think I feel normal, but at the same time, you know, it, you don't, you know, and and I don't think you realize how powerful that medication is, and how. Um, it, it is messing with you. Uh, and and so my family and friends, you know, they wanted to be there for me, and they were in a big way, especially my mother traveling back and forth to Colorado with me. But at the same time, they knew that there was nothing they could do, that I had to go through it. And that's the truth of IVF, and I think anyone that goes through IVF will tell you that. You are in it alone. It's you and your body, and you wish your body could do certain things faster than it is or whatever it might be. But that's, that's what I think I feel a sense of camaraderie with all these women that go through IVF because now I understand just how draining it is and just how isolating it can be. Uh, as much support as you can have around you, you still have to be the one to be mentally and physically strong enough to endure it.
0: Do you belong to a support group of women who are going through the same thing you are?
1: I do. I do. Uh, And I am so happy to be able to have a digital, a a virtual support group um, of women who have gone through IVF or going through IVF or considering single motherhood. They've been supremely helpful in being able to understand or at least just be able to feel like you're not alone in it, like other people are experiencing what you're experiencing, that it's not just you, you're not crazy, um, that, you know, these symptoms that you have or the the feelings that you have are normal.
0: You think it's easier to... Go online and find a husband. I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think about that all the time. My friends are laughing because I'm taking a little break right now, yeah. and they're like, "Well, you should start dating right now. <laughs> then, if you're not a, uh, if you're not going to go, you know, to the next step." And I was like, "I'm open to it. I certainly am. You know." And I always say. My job is done. I did what I said I would do. At 35, I promised myself back when I was 30 that I would freeze my eggs, and I did it. You know, so I feel like check that off the list. And so that's my advice for women out there. You know, make those goals for yourself. You know, the whole point of freezing your eggs is to give yourself time, right? It's to freeze time. It's to, you know, try to help you with that biological clock. And I did that. You know, so if I if I end up meeting someone and I have a child with him or I end up going down the road as a single mother, then, you know, whatever, it's going to be whatever it's going to be. But I did what I needed to do, at least what I felt I needed to do, which would stop the clock a bit um, with, you know, the, the, the age that I currently am.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I mean, as you say, there are many reasons. There isn't just one reason. I think you just brought that out for getting IVF. Maybe you want to be a single mom, but if you also, if you didn't, you may keep those embryos right until maybe you did meet somebody, but then you were too old to have healthy eggs. So now here you've got your healthies and you can go ahead even if you are in a relationship or not.
1: Exactly. That's the whole point. And, you know, that's that's why we have this option in terms of science, you know, for us to be able to, to do that, to be able to... Um, buy yourself the time. Uh, and you know, let's use science to our advantage, I suppose in that way. And, you know, my doctor said something funny to me, uh, when we sat down after I was done and he said, you know, you may never use them. He said, you know, that happens all the time that women do put themselves through this to to freeze their eggs, but they eventually end up meeting someone and they decide they're going to do it the natural way and they never use them, but it's an insurance policy. And it's truly more peace of mind for the woman, I think. For me, I know I sleep better at night knowing that I did it, and I don't have to worry about it now. You know, I put myself through what I needed to do, and now I, I can either utilize it or not, but it's there.
0: If you decided not to use them, what happens to the embryos? Can you give them to somebody else, or how does that work? Let's say you got There's married magic. or you had a partner, not necessarily married, but you had a baby, and, it and you... That was fine. Um, And then decided, well, okay, I don't need these embryos. Can you... Dole them out to somebody else.
1: There's a lot of a lot of paperwork that you sign when you go through this. Um, and yes, you always have the option of of you um, uh, letting your eggs be used for uh, embryo adoption, um, or your eggs. Uh, you know, our eggs are not fertilized. But if I if I decided I could uh, my embryos that I have, I could put them up for adoption possibly, and I could also donate my eggs. Um, those either of those options are not something I'm considering right now. But um, legally, um, at I think it is when I'm 50, um, uh, the uh, eggs and the uh, embryos are no longer going to be stored. Um, and so uh, that's, that's I, I don't know if that's something that it, across the board that it, you know is done. Um, but that that right now that that's how long they they will keep uh, keep them frozen. Have you talked
0: to other mothers um, who have gone through the whole process, done the implant, had a healthy baby or two or more or whatever, a single mom? Have you spoken to those women and had some idea of what their experience is?
1: I have. And, you know, it's, it gives me a lot of hope. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of women who are single mothers by choice and they said it's the best thing they've ever done. Uh, and then talked to, you know, other women who are part of traditional families. Um, and, you know, they've gone through more of a struggle than I can even describe, you know, because yeah, I can freeze my eggs and now that, that all of that's done. And certainly there's a lot of, uh, a lot of milestones you have to hit with that too, and you know that can—that's it is—and I experienced it to be very emotional, um, because you know there's a number you can't control and your body that you can't control producing things the way you you want them want it to, or it's just it's so much out of your control, and that's the hard part about it. And then I see these women who struggle for years and years trying to become pregnant and having to go through all different tests and all different scenarios in order to become parents, whether, you know, their own bodies aren't doing what they want it to do and they have to go to sperm donors or egg donors or painful surgeries. I mean, there is so much that goes through it. I always say IVF is like this underground society. Until you are part of it, until you experience it, it's very hard to understand what it's like to go through it. But these women, what I will say and give them this credit is they are able to be so positive and keep trying. They just keep going. And that to me, that fortitude, that perseverance is so beautiful because it is so mentally and physically draining. So to hear that they're like one more time, I'll do this, I'll try that, it's really incredible to me just how how powerful the, the female <laughs> the female body and the female spirit <laughs> And the female mind is.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said because I think sometimes, you know, just in, uh, popular beliefs or what you see on TV or Netflix or whatever it is and you think, oh, well, you okay, you just, you know, can't get pregnant. You could do IVF. You get your eggs. You get your, your you know, done and it's doesn't – you don't really – I think that people don't realize the mental and physical stamina, like you said, that it takes to really be able to go through this. And you have to be motivated. You have to really want it and you have to really care.
1: You do. That, and that's, that is truly the case. You have to care. You have to want it. And financially, it's also extremely expensive. Yeah. How so, expensive is know, it, by have- the way? Oh, it's thousands and thousands of dollars every time you do it. I mean, you're easily going to drop, every time you do an egg retrieval, you're easily going to drop fifteen grand. So, I mean, it's it, it, and then that doesn't even count like the other stuff that goes into it, too. You know, you've got so, many, so much medication, some covered by insurance, some not. Uh, then you've got the actual procedure. You know, so you're easily spending between fifteen dollars and $20,000 every time you do an egg retrieval. And, you know, so, I mean, think about that. Every time a person has to go through that, that's a ton of money.
0: So, what, you know, you said that you went to Denver, and I think you live in Chicago, yes. right? It, uh, uh, question that's is, wh- why Denver? Mm-hmm. I mean, I assume most big cities that you can do this, but sure. there was, yeah, so oh, yeah. there was...
1: Yeah. I mean, I live in Chicago. I mean, I have Northwestern. I have the great, yeah. great hospitals here. Um, but there is a, a fertility clinic called CCRM, Colorado Center for Reprotect- uh, Reprotective Medicine. And uh, it was put on the map, actually, by Juliana Rancic years ago when she was going through IVF and documented on her reality show. I did not remember that. Um, when when I started looking for fertility clinics, someone told me that later. But the reason I chose it was a good friend of mine. She went to CCRM and she has three healthy babies, two, uh, one, uh, two of which are twins um, now. And she said to me, Laurenceanne, don't even go anywhere else. They are the best. They have the best lab in the nation. I mean, people literally come from all over the country to go to this fertility clinic. And she said, if you can do it and you want to start somewhere, start here first. And so that's why I did it. I truthfully went where I felt like I was going to get the best care and I trusted my friend very much and she had great success. Um, And she had a lot of failures before that, um, you know, here in Chicago. Not that anything was wrong with her doctor or where she went, but she found her success there and I felt, you know what, I'm just going to go where I feel that everyone keeps telling me is the best. And I'm very happy I did because I do believe they are the best um, and I love my doctor. I loved my experience there. The patient experience was next to none. Uh, and so I'm very happy to have made that choice and made that, you know, made that commitment to go back and forth to Colorado.
0: Two things. What about the age range? And I mean, uh, age, are, is there a point at which they won't do it? How will, you know, that you get to be, or you're deemed too old for them to do, uh, IVF? <laughs>
1: Right, I don't think that they're going to go into the 50s <laughs> from what I understand. I think that you know the 40s are are kind of the the the, la- the, the last uh, decade, I think that you're you're looking at um, because at that point you know it, it, there's lots of risks that come along with pregnancy and things like that. but I also have friends who were unable to get pregnant or um, for whatever reason, carry a baby. And One good friend of mine actually right now going through the surrogacy process, and she's young. She's she's thirty five, like I am, uh, and um, it's been quite the road for her. Um, but you know, surrogacy is different. You know, and when uh, when you know, there's no age limit then on you at that point. You know, because if you have frozen your eggs, your eggs are frozen in time, and her eggs will always be those thirty two year old eggs that she has when she went for her egg retrieval. So um, it just depends on the. The circumstances. It depends on the option you're choosing, but I would. I'd like to think. I don't think people really want to be pregnant in their fifties, anyway. <laughs>
0: oh, that's true. It's time to be a grandmother, I guess, in your fifties. But right, like exactly. when you freeze your eggs now, it's co- it costs how much is how costly it is for freezing them because you have to keep those eggs frozen. You have to pay for it, I assume. How much is that?
1: Right. You're going to have to pay a storage fee every year, and that's a little bit more reasonable. It's not the thousands of dollars that it's taking to actually have the procedure done. Um, My eggs are being stored in Colorado specifically. Um, It depends on where you have your procedure done and what uh, storage process they have. It's not necessarily... Sometimes it's a third party, um, but CCRM has their own storage unit that they that they use. Um, So that's a little bit more reasonable. But yes, I mean you're going to pay a monthly fee, you know, an annual fee, just like you would if you had a storage locker somewhere. You're going to do the same thing with your eggs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So then you, uh, I guess my next question is, like, you really need to do your research. Uh, Is what I hear from you. You have to research, like where you're going to have it done. Denver was a place for you, Uh, and then where you're going to store the eggs. And so there's there's a lot involved in this that uh, it really takes a I, I would you know that takes a lot of energy. Not even even before you do or get involved in the process, right? You really have to research everything.
1: Yes, you you do just need to research. You need to find the right home for you. Go for those consultations with those doctors you know, bedside manner is important to you, which a lot of the time it is. Um, You know, you want to get to know that doctor. You know, my doctor, I loved his bedside manner. He was like, it was like your... Dad, you know, like wanting to protect you and take care of you. But there's other doctors that are totally straightforward and are just concentrating on the science. And one, my one friend, that's the doctor she wanted. She was like, I don't want to mess around. I've had a lot of failure. I want the doctor that's just going to give it to me straight and just concentrate on the science. And I don't care if he's nice to me or not. And you know, so it depends on really what you want and what your personality is. Um, But I do believe that you need to be prepared. You know, go with your questions that you have. Um, Research it. You know, I know people shouldn't Google a lot of things because God knows what you find on Google, but research it. Definitely research the different uh, fertility clinics, the different doctors, what the reviews are. And also, give yourself a little bit of an education about the process of what you're about to go through. I did not do enough research before I started. What what it was to do an egg retrieval, you know, I kind of was learning as I went, and I kind of wish I had gone in with a little bit more knowledge about the procedure, about the whole process. Um, and it's okay to learn as you go, certainly. And I did, and my and the whole and CCRM was great in, in terms of educating me. But go in having a, at least a, a foundational idea of what you're going to go through because that's going to help you add, ask the right questions and it's going to mentally prepare you to be able to deal with what you're going to go through. You know, Join those virtual chat rooms. Start talking to other women about it. Um, I, you know, everyone's experience is going to be different. Don't compare yourself to anyone else because it literally is a customized experience. What your body can do and someone else's body can do, Always different. It's your you're journey, full. and that's the biggest lesson I ever learned. Never yeah, compare. Yeah, I mean, that is great advice. We have a
0: couple minutes left, about. so I have to interrupt, but I want to, this maybe mm-hmm. is like, uh, what, uh, are there counselors who actually specialize in this that you can go to? Are there actually people, who, you know, uh, I don't know, could be a social worker, a counselor, but a uh, fertility counselor sure. um, who can answer yeah. all of those questions? Yeah.
1: Yes, I'm lucky that I did get to have a fertility counselor through CCRM that I was able to talk through things with. Um, but you certainly and you could seek outside help too. There are so many counselors out there that deal with fertility and deal with postpartum and deal with you know pregnancy and loss, all sorts of things. So seek that help. Website we can go to, to
0: well. your website that we can go to because we got thirty seconds left. Um, yes, Lauren <laughs>
1: Romano. Yeah. FlorenceAnn.Romano is my website. I've documented the whole journey on Instagram too. It's FlorenceAnn.Romano. You can go, DM me, ask me anything. I'm an open book.
0: Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Lots of really good information. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thanks, Uh, Florence. Yeah, Romano. And we've been talking about single motherhood by choice and the growing IVF trend. Have a great day. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show.